0: Welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable with your host Mindy Harley. Warning, listening to this podcast
1: might cause you to shatter your limited beliefs, recognize your potential and motivate
2: you to be the best you can be. Other side effects may include, but not limited to grabbing life by the balls, taking no crap from anyone, becoming an unstoppable force at various aha moments. To get you thinking outside
1: the box.
3: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 1 of Becoming Unfuckwithable. Today's guest is Darren Mailing, CEO of Freak Fitness Online Coaching and Contest Prep. He has 20 IFBB Pros, 665 Top 3s, and an IFBB Pro Win under his belt. He is a contributor to Muscle Insider Magazine and was recently voted as one of the top contest prep trainers in the world. He has over 12 years of experience in the industry, and he is now speaking with Becoming Unfuckwithable today. I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. We really dig a lot deeper into the mindset and what it takes to be one of the top competition prep coaches, and I think you guys are going to get a lot of value out of this, so stay tuned tuned
0: hello everyone and welcome today we have darren mailing ceo owner of freak fitness training contest prep with us today on becoming unfuckwithable thank you darren for coming on today really appreciate having you and i know our guests will too
1: my pleasure my pleasure mindy
0: awesome you know it's uh i went back through the archives and you know what you were one of my archives. guests on the, the archives, uh, the Facebook yep. memories, and you were one of my guests on Diva Fitness, too, so, you know, it's great to have oh, you back. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, you know, it's it's been a while, so.
1: Lots of lots have happened since then, too.
0: <laughs> I would say so. Lots yeah. have definitely happened.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: You know, uh, and Freak Fitness has become pretty much a household name uh, across North yeah. America,
1: very happy how things are going for sure,
0: yeah, absolutely. so I mean you know you've never but you've never always trained people you know i I met you while, you were in a completely different career, right, and you know at what point did you first realize that contest prep training could be your full time career, and I mean clearly it must have been you know back then i mean now it's you know everyone wants to be a contest prep coach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah. Back then sure
1: people,
0: yeah, it has changed. I mean, did anybody tell that you were crazy to to go ahead and pursue it? Of course, of course.
1: Um, you know, as you as you know, when we met, I was a casino investigator, and you were what, blackjack dealer,
0: right? Yep, blackjack dealer. And
1: uh, yeah, uh, it goes back. I don't know how many years now, but <laughs> um, we don't probably want to admit what year it is. But nonetheless, okay. uh, I knew I always wanted a, a career helping people. That's just something I always felt like I I was meant to do. Uh, being an investigator, I was, you know, making arrests. I was solving internal and external crimes and dealing with uh, people at their best of times, winning thousands of dollars, and the best of times when they're arresting them for domestic assault. Um, definitely, you know, felt like I was doing good, but, I don't know, just it seemed like there was a contrast in... Uh, contradiction, actually, because you know these people, you know, wasting away their life savings and gambling, and they were supposed to be there and, you know, help the business and all that stuff like that, but there's one thing that was always constant since I was 14 is I love bodybuilding, and, uh, you know, it was it was something that was always passionate about, loved lifting weights, loved nutrition, always... You know, Even when I was at the casino at work between you know, in breaks and stuff I was reading muscle magazines, always setting up on things and um just was a lifelong pursuit. Um so then while at the casino I ended up a friend of mine was competing and he asked me for help. So I said, Sure, I'll give you I'll give you as much help as I can. So I actually helped him out for about fourteen weeks. Um, again, a friend helping a friend and uh, you know, yeah. he did really well, lost like being lost like 60 pounds in like 14 weeks, ended up placing second. But uh, you know, again, it was just a casual thing. But I offered as much help as I could. And uh, you know, my wife Christina, she's uh, a long time competitor too, and you know, I helped her out when uh, when I could with her with her competing. And um, but what happened was was uh, the friend that I helped, he ended up hiring um, what I like to call a local hero, um, a local coach. That was pretty much the only show in town here in, in Winnipeg um, to prep him for his next show, and he paid an astronomical amount of money. Uh, but you know, that's just he had a dream and he didn't care what he had to sacrifice to achieve it. So, uh, you know, I never ended up going to the show that he competed at, but I remember hearing that uh, he weighed in a hundred and I think it was like fifty-six pounds or something crazy where when I had him on stage, he was 185, so he had lost, like, oh. almost 30 pounds. I'm like, what the hell? So I saw pictures, and it looked like he was a Skeletor. It almost looked like a, cart- a cartoon character from, you know, Simpsons cartoon or something. It just, yeah. It, it, it just, it scared me. It's like, what the hell? And so, I'm like, if, if, if this guy got all this money for giving the wrong advice, what if, <laughs> you know, what if I actually give the right advice? So, yeah. You know, started you know studying more of the coaching aspect of things, uh, got certified, um, you know, doing that normal course of action, and uh, then I started doing strongman competitions, and because I never thought I was big enough to compete in bodybuilding, but eventually got up to 340 pounds, you know, I could move houses if I wanted to, it was great, but, I, I you know, it still wasn't bodybuilding, that was my first love, so decided after... Hitting that Svelte 340, I thought, there's got to be something underneath there. So uh, from, I think it was August 1st until the following March, I think it was about seven, eight months, I ended up uh, losing like 120 pounds and won my first bodybuilding show. Um, And then the next month, my wife, Christina, she competed at national and she ended up winning her, the National Fitness title and IPB Pro Card. And at that show, she beat a lot of big names, many people who've actually been to Olympia since then. So... When that happened, um, it was an onslaught of requests for help from local competitors to to uh, train them for the shows. Yeah. So as demand grew, we figured, you know, there's something here. <laughs>
0: yeah, and yeah. It's,
1: it's a little bit opposite of what what most trainers. They usually start training general weight loss clients first, and then they look at uh, competitors. But we were straight competitors right from uh, right from the start, mm-hmm. and. uh then, uh, yeah, things just took off from there, and then uh, I kind of figured there was something going on at uh at lotteries. There were some changes happening, and you know they weren't recertifying us for first aid and c p r they weren't sending on courses, and i just I listened to my gut so let's yeah. let's, let's ramp up so I went part time, um which already was insane because they were having me act as the casino manager, I was acting security super, uh, security manager um and up actually. I was actually working as a senior investigator, so I was fairly high up the ladder in, the, in a nice cushy government job. And then when I told <laughs> told my parents and people at work that I was going part time to, you know, uh, pursue this training business, um, everyone thought I was crazy. Um, they they really, um, you know, how could I risk this security <clears throat> with this government excuse me <clears throat> government job, government benefits, and all this, you know easy easy walk to start a business, which is, as we all know, full of risk and and all that fun stuff. Um, But when you know it, so one part-time, things really started to, you know, take off again to the next level because I had more time to pursue and build the business. Lo and behold, a year later, I get a call that I have to attend a mandatory meeting at 8.30 in the morning. Now, I had worked at Lotteries for 12 years at that point, and I had never had to attend i meeting at 8.30 in the morning, which happens to be before the casino opens. So yeah. knew there was something going on. So we all ended up collecting uh, at the, the two casinos. They kind of split us up, and they, at that point they told us the department was going to be done and that we all were um, no longer had jobs. So, you know, it, it's funny how the universe works because I had already started the business. I left, um, you know, our meeting uh, called my wife, Christina, who was actually still working at Manitoba Lottery. She was actually in the finance department. I said, hey, guess what happened today? She goes, what? I said, I got the summer off and the whole rest of the year and forever off. She's like, what are you <laughs> talking about? So I told her what happened. And uh, it was weird because everyone else around me was all upset. You know, there were lots of people in tears because they expected lotteries to be their career forever and stuff. And yeah. I was like, it almost felt like a, a door had opened. The weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I didn't look back. Um, so, pursued it full time. Um, you know, my mom, God, 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 love my parents. Um, they both worked the government for like thirty plus years each. They thought this was a disaster. <laughs> I actually thought it was a blessing in disguise, And my mom still sent me like job postings, like <laughs> up to two years later, <laughs> oh. still thinking that I was, you know, uh, I, you know, it wasn't viewed as a real job because yeah, it was so yeah. new. And there's this thing called the internet that uh, you can use to send mail and pictures and communicate (laughs) with people. It was just so foreign to so many people. They didn't think that I could actually, you know, we could actually, well, never mind, just me because Christina was still working full time. So it was kind of like, all right, well, at least Christina still has a job.
2: Yeah. But, uh,
1: you know, as, as things went on, you know, she, we became so busy. Like the first year that I, I was, I was, I was uh, doing it full time. I had started doing personal training as well. And in the first year I literally filled up my entire schedule. So, you know, it Amazing. clearly was, uh, yeah, going the right direction.
2: Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, it just, it has just continued to grow. I mean, you know, clearly we created a strong presence in Manitoba and now we're, like, across Canada. we got clients in in the U.S. We have clients in Australia. Like, it's just, and with the Internet and, and, and social media, we've really been able to uh, expand quite quickly. So uh, now those those people that... They were worried about us as long as if they were doubting us or anything like that. It was just that concern. Now they're like going, you know what? Proud of you for you know sticking to your guns and 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 and, and forging on regardless yeah. of you know the potential risk and obstacle. So
0: yeah. cool. no, definitely. I mean, parents. I mean, they, they mean they mean well, right? And they always want to have their best interest, and especially they they didn't grow up with you know the internet and the, the possibilities yeah. of it and you know yep. being able to reach so many people and. Yeah, I mean they they've got our best interest in mind, but definitely now you you know like you see it all over on Facebook. They're definitely well, very you know, my proud. They're
1: like two biggest supporters, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. consider uh, our our freak family, they're part of their family, so yes, no, it's pretty Yeah,
0: Absolutely. Cool. Yep. That's yep. I mean, yeah, and like you said, you know, you've you've grown now. You were voted by Muscle Insider as one of the world's top competition prep coaches. You know, yes, you that
2: was awesome.
0: got that you know, that name built up now over across North America, Australia is huge for you guys. Uh, I, you I have to happier. wonder... <laughs> yeah, you know, and I have to wonder how you guys do it all. You, you've got to, like, from with all the check-ins that you want to do with all your clients and struggle, you know, your your home-life work balance, you've got to be a master at time management. You know, what's... For you, what's been a key factor in successfully managing your time and, you know, what. How does like a typical day or week even look like in in the life of the mailings? <laughs> well, first
1: <laughs> things first. Um, I, I think the word "balance" is is uh, relative to the person. Um, you know what we consider balance is probably completely out of whack for most uh, people you know that, that wouldn't be able to relate to what we do, but um, uh, you know, so like a typical uh, week, I mean, the first half of the week is responding back to client updates. That that's that's my primary function. Um, that's the one thing. That's how we, you know, stay in contact, communicate, and and um, facilitate the coaching process. Um, those weekly updates are crucial for being able to coach uh, our clients from no matter where they live. I mean, there's many clients I've helped win shows I've never even met yet. Like there's one uh, one guy is Big Mo, 23 um, year old monster from Newfoundland who's doing uh, who's doing our third show together. I've never met him. I've never actually. Been at a show with him or anything like that, <clears throat> and he's placed nothing less than I believe second and first. Like, he uh-huh. just wins. So, he's doing his first nationals coming up in July, and f- for the first time, we're gonna meet him two days before his, his show. So, it's gonna be kind of cool, but that's, wow. that's how this works. So, yeah, and yeah. then the rest of the week is um, so after the updates are done, then I do programming. Like, this week we have a bunch of people competing in uh, Omaha Pro Show, we got so yeah, close to you. Um, oh. We got uh, clients competing in uh, Alberta, and we have clients competing in Winnipeg. So we, we have a whole bunch of final week plans to prepare. We had people that just competed in Toronto last weekend, and I have to set up their next plans for for their next show or going into off-season, but all of them are pretty much going to the next show. And then the weekends are, well, <laughs> from <laughs> now until end of July, we'll be traveling to shows. Um, yeah. Basically from May to the end of, you know, probably this year, there's a couple weeks break in August, but we're still traveling there for, for seminars and stuff because either we're traveling for shows or we're traveling for seminars. Like, we're easily traveling close to half the year. Um, so wow. really, you know, being in Winnipeg is kind of nice because we're central. Um, yeah. But we barely see our, our place here because we're, we're always traveling. So that's the basic week. I mean, regards to day, Wake up, take care of yourself first. If there's anything I can pass on to entrepreneurs or anybody else out there that, yeah. um, you know, has other responsibilities, uh, which is pretty much everyone, I guess, <laughs>
2: take, care
1: your, take, take care of yourself first. So the first thing I do is I go to the gym. Uh, I take care of my workout because I know when my day gets started and I turn on that computer, it'll just go. Um, so it's it just, yeah, me first. Nothing against everyone else, but if I don't... You know, it's like when you're in an airplane, right? What do they do? Make sure you put your mask on first before you help anyone yeah. else because if you're not taken care of, you can't help anyone else. You're useless. Yeah. So I applied that analogy to, to my day. So And then um, scheduling, prioritizing tasks. Uh, if you don't have a to-do list, um, you'll just get lost in the chaos. So I'm very list-oriented. Um, definitely prioritize everything. Um, the time-sensitive stuff obviously gets done, you know, first. But uh, the key is just to be focused on on your to-do list because if you don't have that, you you'll never know where your day starts. You don't know where your day ends.
0: Yeah, no, it's crucial, absolutely crucial mm-hmm. for that. Always start off. I know the the union before. I always do my MITs, my most important task for the following day, to make sure that oh, I. There you go. Yep, you know, stay on track because yeah, you're completely right. You can get lost in the chaos. And you know, it's just—it's all downhill from there.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. No, I'm very big on. A lot of people ask me how I can keep track of everyone and stuff, but it's just a matter of again, lists. Outlook calendar is a great tool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Got
0: got the spokesman for that right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. You know, and. You know what I've what I've come to love about you too. You know, with you and Christina both. You know, you you're both such a giving couple. The amount, the amount of time and dedication that you give, you know, to your athletes. Like, you know, it's not just Freak Fitness; it's the Freak Family. You yep, know, and exactly last year, you guys, you know, did something unheard of as far as you know competition prep coaches. You pledged that each new ICB pro card earned from Freak Fitness, you guys would be donating $1,000 to the Children's Wish Foundation. Yep. That's amazing. What what inspired yep. you guys to give back in such an impactful way?
1: It was actually, uh, well, we took two trips to California last year and each time we visited uh, Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for most kids, uh, actually, you know, you, you see it. They actually have the group surrounding that uh, from, the, from the foundation, you know, Presenting the the, the the child with the with the gift of a day Disneyland and stuff like that. So just seeing how happy they were and seeing you know that joy, it's like you know we gotta we gotta do something to make this happen for, for more people. Like Christine and I, we, we definitely believe we're blessed. We're, we're grateful for everything we have. I mean, we literally have achieved you know probably more than what we ever thought possible. And of course, it inspires you to do even more. Yeah. And. uh you know, we've accomplished our dreams, and we definitely feel everyone deserves that chance. You know, just like we help our clients, you know, uh, win their win their shows or win their pro cards, that's a dream come true to them. So, we wanted to add a, a bigger purpose or keep on paying it forward, keep that uh, the good just moving on. So, we thought of this as a way to not only add um, another level of of giving, but also another level of purpose. For our freak family to, to, to not just go for the, you know, not just make it about the show, make it about a bigger purpose. And yeah. um, we definitely noticed since we've added that um, additional motivation, um, man, it's just, there's so much more meaning to everything that they're doing. And uh, like we, it already happened once this year, we already had uh, one of our clients, James Sterling, turn pro at the World Qualifier back in, I don't even know, last month. May. Yeah,
0: I don't know. And time's flying. Like three <laughs> weeks
1: ago, I think, but it feels like it's a month. But yeah. uh, so you know, that's that's uh, once we get once he gets the official email from the CBBF, then we're going to be making the donation. Like our our, our goal now is eleven pro cards for the year because that's what it takes to grant one wish, eleven thousand dollars.
0: Okay. So, okay.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's it's you know we, it's worth it. Um, definitely, you you you, pe- you keep putting out good. Uh, we definitely believe we'll get good back, and you know, when our clients and, and and just the whole everyone around us um, got that, you know, why we were doing it. It really ramped up, uh, you know, things for everyone uh, in yeah. a giving way. So, yeah, no, it's just something just felt we needed to do.
0: Yeah, you know, no, really absolutely. Played. And I I'd like I haven't even heard of any other prep team that that does this. And I mean, it's wow. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot. Of, you know, there's going to be a lot of happy kids. I mean, eleven pros. um hope so. Um, you yes. know, if, if anyone can turn eleven pros and send uh, a child to Disneyland, it's going to be Freak Fitness. That's for sure. Absolutely.
1: right on, right
0: on. <laughs> you know, um, and I mean, in your time, besides, there's gotta have been so many things to look back on. You know, and be rewarded in in, in the work that you do. Like you said, that um, you know, the work that you used to do. Uh, before you know, it does not feel like it was exactly in, enough. And you, know, what has been the most rewarding aspect of being a, a contest prep coach?
1: Well, what it comes down to is it, it's it's not just about the show. Um, you know, we d- we do this to help people, not just to win a show, but to really show people what they're capable of. Because I, I don't know, I mean, it's almost I think every person that that we've we've helped achieve something they never thought possible that, you know, and it could be anything from a 300-pound uh, squat to winning a show or turning pro. It's once they've been able to see what they're capable of achieving in this arena um, that you see spreads into other areas of their life. And, yeah. I mean, everything from leaving, you know, uh, you know abusive relationships to careers that are not being rewarded to them and giving them that confidence to take that leap um, to... Just saying that, you know, yes, I can. And then, you know, going from you're never going to get me on that fucking stage to turning pro, uh, you know, a couple years later. I've had that, yeah. you know, done a few times. To me, that's, that, that's the big one. It's just showing people that um, through competing, through stepping on stage, and they don't have to win. That's not, I'm not even saying winning. I'm just saying proving to themselves that they can get on stage and, and, and show, you know, the friends and family what they've been able to do. And how that not only, you know, bleeds into others of their life, but their kids, you know, their spouses and everything else. It's just, that's the cool thing. That's the impact that we uh, we want to make. And that's seeing that impact is, uh, man, just keeps the adrenal, adrenaline going. And uh, <laughs> you don't need yeah. much sleep then after that.
0: <laughs> no, no, you never, yeah, yeah it's always it's the one thing from your post, you know, it's like running high on adrenaline, haven't yep. had any sleep, but it's okay because this week's been amazing. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's you know, and that's what it is. It's, it's seeing it from the bigger bigger picture. It's not just about what a person placed at a show this past weekend. It's what impact that placing, what impact that process going to the show did for that person around them. That's what makes this. I mean, it, maybe I'm thinking too big, but I don't give a shit. That's just the way I see it, and it's been working well for us. So yeah, by um, ruin a good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and who would have thought, you know, it'd be such a, for what they can accomplish and what, you know, they can discover in themselves to be a, such a huge segue into Absolutely. the other areas of their life that now they now have the courage to take that step, you know, and it's that regardless, like, you know, the placing, like you said, to be able to help someone go down that journey and have it leak into the rest of their life, you know, that's, it is it's truly life-changing on all levels. So many
1: people have, and, and, and again, it's, it, I assume it's coming from a place of care and concern, but so many people tell their loved ones they can't because they're trying to protect them. They don't want to see them fail because of that pain of, of defeat. But you know yeah. what? If you don't try, you're not going to learn. Nobody fucking learns anything from winning. They learn yeah. from you know, not achieving. I mean, you're definitely, you know, you, you, you learn something about yourself by achieving a goal. Don't get me wrong. But that should be there now. The, the, that's not an ending. That's a start to the next goal. Yeah. But if you don't achieve that goal, find out what, what went wrong. What what didn't work, and then re re uh, you know reassess and, and go at it again. Um, yeah. That's living. Otherwise, you're just waiting to fucking die.
0: Exactly. So, failure yeah. failure can be a good thing. It's not it's yeah, not something exactly. to you know shy away from. Well, you know I'm I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to win. You're already setting yourself up for. Right, that, you know, for that disappointment, yeah. you gotta, you gotta try it and gotta see where the cards fall.
1: Absolutely, test yourself.
0: Yeah, you know, and you do, and you do set your clients up for success, regardless whether it's you know with the programs that you give them, um, with the mindset that you help them to realize within themselves. But you know what, you because you care about the success of your clients, regardless whether it's on the stage or whether it's just in life. You single-handedly broke the silence and addressed the elephant in the room with a post that you made on Facebook about following something that's very important with people's success after the show ends in post-show protocol. And this mm-hmm. went viral. I can't even remember how many shares there was on I that. I think it
1: thing. had over over 50 by the time. I haven't checked back in a while, but it was it was a lot.
0: Yeah. Why do you feel like this, this is such crucial information? is left out. From so many competitors' competition prep plans, Uh,
1: you know what? It's it's weird. I I I knew was out. I knew that there was a lot of people. I guess having questions, but I had no idea it was that to that scale, to that level of impact. And I guess maybe because I never experienced it, because I knew what was going on, and and, you know, uh, a lot of our clients are just, you know, it's they. they, I don't know. It's it's weird. I had no idea it was going to be that, but but I, I guess when when I start looking back and, and seeing the comments and, and, and talking to other people and stuff, it it's just, it's, it's not cool. It's not the cool part of competing. Everything yeah. happens. Everything peaks for that one big day on stage, holding that trophy over your head and having the crowd cheer and all those camera flashes go off. Nobody wants to talk about what happens after. Yeah. And the worst part about it is not talking about it doesn't make you uh, aware of what's going to happen. It doesn't prepare you for what's going to happen. It doesn't educate you so you know why it's happening Mm -hmm. so you know that's so i and and the post i made was just a general you know statement and points about just just to let you know like this is what's going to happen to your body after and the more extreme measures you took to prepare for the show the more extreme rebound that you're you're going to have but there are ways to minimize it so um you know uh, with nutrition and training and, and even mentally knowing what to expect like yeah. your body responds to to, to stimulus, um, you know it reacts, but some things take a little bit longer for it to, you know there's a delayed reaction and that's and when you drop water weights and you and you and you go put your body to that extreme level of of peak, the body's going to then have to compensate for what you've done to it, so it's going to retain the water, it's going to you know feel stiff and sore and you're going to gain all this weight. I mean most guys. They fucking love putting on that 40 pounds after the contest.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. But for the women, I, I went
1: through it. Yeah. And, well, and then for the women, it's the complete opposite. It's, yeah. That's, uh, and that's, I think that's the, the section of, of the, the competition world that really, not only is it hit the hardest, but it hits, like, hit the hardest mentally, but it hits the hardest physically. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, most women know it, but most guys don't that anything that women do, there's more of an impact. The body is much more sensitive to hormones, much more sensitive to the stimulus, and it's just a much bigger impact. And with that, then, comes the bigger impact mentally, and that's where the the biggest um, battle is. I mean, we Mm -hmm. all have to know that 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 day, that moment... I mean, my first show, I had abs for eight hours. Literally, they they appeared before I walked on stage, and they disappeared <laughs> once I had my trophy. It was, but I had lost 120 pounds to get there. I knew yeah. that that was, you know, I knew it wasn't going to stay there. I, I had I had fought tooth and nail and and blood, sweat, and tears to get to you know that weight, but I knew that that's not a permanent weight. There's no way I can maintain that. And I think that's mm-hmm. a lot. A lot of people think that they can get to that. And think that they can maintain it. Well, they, no, you can't. There are some genetic freaks. Um, there yeah. are people that have been dropped in pods uh, from other worlds that are able <laughs> to, you know. I think your husband's one of them. You know, prepare for the <laughs> show for four weeks, and then Try after living with him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know,
1: and then and then uh, you know compete and then gain a couple pounds after the show. Huh? That was fun. Well, uh, all right, let's go have uh, let's go have a barbecue. Um, yeah. Where. Uh, so,
0: you know, I can and go I, on, I but it's, it's hard too. You know, with getting to that point for the first time, I and mean, you do feel somewhat of a superhuman. You know, you've got these mm-hmm. cuts on you, and you've, you've had them probably for maybe a little bit. Maybe some areas don't start peeking out till a little bit closer towards the end of your prep. You know, right. and you've got these cuts, and you feel you know invincible, and it's almost like you feel like you've been stripped away of your powers. Once you get that little bit of layer of fluff back on, and it's like it's right. you know it's a little depressing. You know well there, there's there, there's two things I like to bring up
1: one you know a lot of people say well if, if it only it's only temporary thing if it's only that one day that you're preparing for why why do it what you know what what's the point well I, you know if let's say you prepare for show for 16 weeks and then you're on stage for a day or in for some cases fifteen minutes right yeah total
0: yeah
1: well I like to equate it to Usain Bolt I mean the guy trains for four years for literally ten seconds yes. Right, but what is? It's not. You're not competing. You're not, you know, running for those ten seconds just for that gold medal or just for that trophy. It's everything else around it. It's the process. It's the journey. It's it's learning how far you can take yourself. That that's why you're doing that. And like I said earlier, that's how it, learning that process and learning what you're capable of peaks uh, and bleeds into other parts of of of, of um, you know your life. Um, yeah. The other thing is is um. You know, when you when you, I always like to use this analogy like this, like uh, you know, a butterfly has you know or, um, the, the worm or whatever has to be in the yeah go in the cocoon, and then you know erupt with the you know be a butterfly. So the off season is just a matter of going in your cocoon. You're still there. This the the the, the superhero is still there. It's just that you know there's different phases um, in in the in the plan. Every sport has seasons. You know, they call it purization is the, you know, exercise science term, but, you know, we call it off-season pre-contest. And, yeah, there are some extremes where people, you know, do their dirty bulks or whatever the the cool term now is, but they aim to put on a mass amount of weight, eat a ton of food, and, of course, your body's going to respond that, you know, hold on to everything because you've been starving it for so long. It will store everything because it thinks it's not going to get it again. So, you know, once you've trained, and that's the beauty or that's the, the art and science of the post-competition survival is letting your body relax again and know that it's getting this food and know that it's going to get rest, so it doesn't have to be in that you know heightened state. So it's mm-hmm. just a slow, gradual process that people have to follow. That's actually why I'm going to be holding a post—I'm calling it post-competition survival course. I don't know if that's the right—I don't want to call it survival because it makes it sound like you're surviving something, but really, <laughs> survival course is just learning lessons. Uh, or, you know, tips, tricks, and protocols to kind of best manage the post-competition uh, impact or post-competition results that's going to happen to your body, and mind and body from competing. Oh,
0: that's amazing. That's going to be in June.
1: Yeah. yeah, June 11th, the day after the MAPA provincial is here in Winnipeg. So it's, uh, we'll be posting information soon uh, once we get the location set. And, yeah, uh, yeah so it's going to be pretty cool. Definitely, you know, based on the uh, r- response from my post, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a decent amount of uh, people showing up. And if not, hey, you know what? And this is one part I'm going to – this is a little highlight from my course is you can't always blame the coach either. Um, if a coach bails on you after the show, yeah, definitely they're, they're assholes. Um, yeah. But in the end, you can still have a coach, but you still have to follow the plan.
0: Exactly.
1: Right? You have to follow the plan just as closely after the show than you did before. You can't just say, oh, show's over, boom, I don't have to do cardio, I don't have to work out, I'm tired. I don't have to diet, I'm not competing until next year. What the fuck do you think is going to happen to your body? Yeah, It's going to blow up, of course. So don't, you know, it's not competing that's bad for you. It's the going from 1,000 to zero. That's what's bad for you. So I'm hoping that this course will give some people some guidelines and some framework that they can, you know, ease off uh, after a show and then go back into an off-season plan or, you know, just be able to maintain a, a better weight. Um and 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 um, I don't call it normal lifestyle because physique competitors. I mean, what is normal anymore, right? If you want to be normal, all right. Well, that's not physique competing, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, wow, that's a long answer to a simple question. Sorry.
0: <laughs> As you can yeah, tell, we're lot passionate lot of, a about it, but there's a lot of on there, yeah. and I mean, with the the seminar, you know, it's going to be in June. Um, yep. I'm sure that's going to have you know a lot of great takeaway information, and hopefully you know some people will have some aha moments where some things really hit home for them, and they finally you know they. I got some good info up, for them. I'll they wrap up. their heads around it. So yep. yeah, mark your calendars, and you know that'll be blasted out on on your social media. Yep. I mean, they yep. can always uh, watch out for that too. Um, in the meantime, yep. once you settle on the date, wow, you know, and I, and everything that you've done in in your career. You know, I mean, you've done all these seminars. You've turned people pro, to IT pros. Mm-hmm. You've traveled everywhere. And there's got to be many highlights in your career. But what's what's one that's always going to stand out for you?
1: Oh jeez, you know what? It, it could. It's literally all the time. Um, you know, everything from an update I got this week from someone who who uh, you know hit a PR in their squat to. You know, someone achieving their, their life, uh, lifetime best condition at a pro show at home at the age of 49. Like, it, it just, there's no, there hasn't been one moment. There's been hundreds. I can maybe even see thousands because any little win to me is, is, is just makes it worth it. Yeah. I, I'm all about making a difference and making an impact. Um, it doesn't matter how small it is, doesn't matter how big it is. The fact that I'm making a difference in someone's people's someone's life, that's that's my juice. That's what keeps me going. That's what uh keeps me, you know, trying to do more things to reach more people to make a bigger impact.
0: Yeah. No, that's couldn't have said it any better. I mean, especially for someone like yourself and you you've trained so many people already in your, your career too. And and that's one thing too about this career and the the industry as well, you know, with the industry, you know, we see a lot of athletes come and go uh, in it and say, well, it could be they had a bad experience, you know, maybe they decided that it wasn't for them, but who knows? But what do you what do you feel are the qualities, you know, when you just said someone at 49 years old having the best condition of their life, competing, that's, that's 49, you know. Yeah. What qualities do you feel are necessary for someone to have longevity in the sport of bodybuilding? Well,
1: number one, patience probably a complete contradiction of what most people, you know, think now. Patience. Um, patience. Um, uh-huh. You have to have the patience to know that it can happen overnight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have a friend, uh, Rob Belisle, um, I'm sure many people listening know who he is. This guy competed for 19 years to finally get his pro card. Despite what people were telling him leading up to that, and how many years he was trying, and, and just kept on you know, just missing the mark, and Man, the guy had been tested every way that you could possibly think. And, you know, I had won Provincials in June. His Nationals was in July. No, it was in September, so a couple months later. And I remember him knowing that he was competing, and I was at home. And uh, my, my, my phone rings, and it's and it's Rob. And all he said was, Darren. <laughs> Long pause. Was, I fucking did it. And it was just... Because... You know, I knew how long he wanted it, I knew how long he had worked, and I, and I knew everything yeah. he'd sacrificed for it, and he did it. And, you know, that patience. If he didn't have the patience, he would have given up a long time ago, and he never would have achieved it.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I could just, there's so many examples of, of patience where it, it just can not happen overnight. There, there are some anom- anomalies. Don't get me wrong. There are mm-hmm. exceptions to this. Yeah. That, yeah, there's some people that do two shows, and they, they turn prone, you know, it seems like in in 2, in two weeks but yeah. well most of are the realize unicorns that, <laughs> yeah there are those unicorns But what people don't realize is those people have been training hard for years and they maybe had some you know genetic advantages so that's another element i think that definitely people need to take into account is genetics not everyone's made for you know competing in bodybuilding yeah I, I will never win the boston marathon i don't like driving 26 miles never mind running it <laughs> um, you know if I can ride, in a, ride a bike maybe um, but as long as I can stop on the side of the road for a coffee or something that will be fine but uh, I, it's just it's not in my genetic makeup mm-hmm. I've been able to deadlift over five uh, 800 pounds I've been able to f- pull 50,000 pound trucks I know there's people that will never be able to do that ever so yeah. just like physique competing there are some people that should only compete once a year there are some people that should um, you know They'll never be able to achieve their pro card. It's just—it's just not. They're just genetically limited. It yeah. is what it is. Um, there are some people that can compete five, six times a year and have, you know, no negative ramifications or impact whatsoever. So it, but genetics definitely plays a part. Um, work ethic for sure. If you—if you don't want to work hard, your body's not going to have a need to change. I don't give a shit how much drugs you take, how much. You know, bullshit you put up on social media or pictures or selfies and crap that you put on social media, it doesn't matter. It's just not, it's not gonna, it doesn't happen w- without work and lots of it. Um, you know, Gary Vee, I know you're a big fan of his, as, yep. as I am, and he always talks about to be successful, you need two things. Patience and fucking daily grind. And that's
0: yeah.
1: no truer and more simple statement than that. Yeah. But with busy competing, you definitely need genetics. You need perspective. You need to know that, uh, you know, if you have to take out a second mortgage on your house to be able to afford to compete, you might you might want to reevaluate things (laughs) at the moment.
2: Yeah, like that.
1: That's one thing that we definitely you know preach to our clients: family, career, finances first. That shit has to be right and has to be correct and in place before you pursue physique competing because it's a twenty-four hour sport. You know, place a person can play football. They can play the game for a couple hours and then go have you know beer and, and pizza and it's still you know in the game. Well, you can't do that for bodybuilding. You have to be watching your your rest, watching nutrition, watching, making sure you're training intensely. It's a twenty four hour job. Yeah. But if you can't afford if you can't afford the best suit, you can't afford the best coaches. If you can't afford to travel to your shows, um, you need to put things on hold and get your shit together before you, you know. Um, Pursue the competing again, and um, thick skin. You definitely have to have thick skin. I mean, you're putting yourself out. When you're going on stage, you are being there, putting yourself out there to be judged. Not mm-hmm. just judged by the table of seven, the ones that really you know matter in that moment, but everyone else there, and you're being compared to others. You have to know what that is. That's the sport. They're not judging your character. They're not judging if you're a nice person or a good person. They're yeah. literally judging what's the best physique on that day, with those athletes on stage. That's it. If you can't separate that from your self-esteem or your own ego, do not compete. Do yeah. not compete. Do not subject yourself to that to that judgment because you're not going to last or you're just going to implode. And uh, you need to have the kind of a beginner's mindset, be coachable. I'm not saying every person needs a coach because there are some people that definitely could, uh, you know, they can... They have enough self control, enough self accountability that they can do it on, uh, by themselves. That's the exception, not the norm. I mean, every time I competed, I had a coach. Every time Christina competed, she had a coach or me helping her out. Um, you know, it, it just, but if you're if someone that doesn't want a coach or doesn't think they need a coach, you have to be able to always be willing to learn something. Uh, mm-hmm. If your body's telling you something, listen just because you read an article that said, Oh no no, that's that's not the way it's supposed to happen. This is the way it's supposed to happen <laughs> I, I don't give a shit. Um, you gotta you know, there, there's a lot of quote unquote studies that say, you know, this one thing but in uh, oh I'll use cardio for example. I mean there's always a debate about uh, you know if it's faster cardio uh, absolutely crucial for physique competing success. No, it's not. You burn the same amount of calories if you're doing faster cardio or if you're doing it mid afternoon or any other time of the day. That's Mm -hmm. not why I ask our clients to do faster cardio. Why do I ask them to do faster cardio? A few reasons. Number one, what I told you earlier. Take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you get up, get your shit done first, take care of that first cardio session if you're you know, just doing the one, then it's done. The second thing is it's pretty cool to start a day off with that endorphin rush from getting you know anybody who's had a you know (laughs) good cardio session will know how good it feels to finish. Well if you can start your day off with that high I know the rest of your days is going to go awesome. So, yeah. But anyways, I, I'm going off on a tangent again, but, uh, <laughs> but coachability, definitely. Yeah. I mean, coachability and, and not only in, 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 um, the nutrition and training aspects of things, but social media. If someone says, well, you know, I don't want to be on social media. Well, I'm sorry. Welcome to 2017. Yeah. In, in anything, if you're, not in, if you're not active in social media, you don't fucking exist. Bottom mm-hmm. line. Yeah. And if anybody tries to tell me different, I laugh in their face and say, well, you know, have fun doing what you're doing because uh, uh, social media is, is, is crucial. So, you know, these, these old dogs learning new tricks, hell, even new dogs learning new tricks, same thing. Wow, um, oh, you're getting me excited here. Uh, <laughs> Keep going with it. It, it. No, but it, that, that's the thing. It's just uh, people need to, you know, my wife has got an eye like no other uh, in regards to style. If If we have a client that she says, you know, have your hair way or get this suit uh, or with this color, this style. She's telling them for a reason. If if they don't get it, I mean, we had a client years back. She had the best physique on stage. Leading up to the show, she said, "Get your hair this way. Get a you know, get a, a better suit." She said, "Well, I'm only getting a suit for one day. Why should I waste my you know, my money, <laughs> still getting you know, a suit I'm only we'll wear for one day?" And we're like, well, "You can sell it after, right? or you can rent." No, I don't care. I want to. I'm going to get this cheap suit. She did her own hair. She competed. She got second place. She got beat by someone who did not have a physique as good as hers. Yeah. Guess what her feedback said. Yeah. Hair, makeup, suit, posture. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
1: when it's close, those little elements matter. So, um, yeah, all those things together definitely will help you um, succeed over the long run in in the sport for sure, in the industry for sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a lot, sure. it is a lot but I mean, it is, <laughs> it's all, they're all key elements, you know. And I think, too, like the, the, the biggest one, yeah, like patience and everything is, you know, and it's, we, because we live in such a world where it's, you know, we get everything on demand now, you know, yep. we can order instant. things through instant gratification, you know, we can order yep. our stuff from Amazon, get here the next day, you know, yep. we, when we text yep. someone, we want an answer back right away. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we want we want everything now, and you know, and uh-huh. even with like business and growing, you know, it's and personal growth and the, eventually earning that pro card, and especially you know in Canada, there's very limited opportunities to earn a pro card
2: very up true. there,
0: you know. And patience has got to be huge, Dude. you know. Anything in life that's worth having, you know, you got to be able to you know dig deep and put in the time to to achieve it. It's not going to happen overnight.
1: We've seen we've seen some amazing athletes, just genetic phenoms that I guess have just had it easy in other areas of their life. They go to a show, have their first you know experience, they 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 win, and then they go up to the next level, and they go, oh well that was easy, so I'll just go to the next level, yeah. and they get destroyed, and then they quit, yeah, and it's just you know so if they didn't have the patience, so. Yeah, patience is it's interesting. It's it's probably the most important element to have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's
1: also the hardest one to have.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: So, absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, those were obviously that's a it's a big list of, <laughs> of of what to have, what's going to make you successful, yep. but I mean, they're, they're all That's okay. really important. They're all really important qualities to have within um yourself. Now, yes. with the people that you surround yourself with too are very important as well for your success. And then we're all familiar with the saying that, you know, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. Darren, who are the five people, mentors, um, that you feel have impacted your life and your career?
1: Oh, geez. Oh, boy. Um, Well, first and foremost, uh, foremost, Christina. Um, She's been by my side from freaking day one. She believed in me before I even did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I've seen her literally uh, do shit that I never thought could be possible. I mean, the entire Freak Fitness model is based on her. I mean, when she was training for a pro card, um, I mean, we changed our shifts. So, she, you know, we worked the shittiest shifts, weekend nights, all the time. Because she said, Darren, I want to go to break dancing, I want to go to hip-hop class, I want gymnastics, I want to be able to get my cardio in, I want to get my... Do it. <laughs> Whatever needed to get done, yeah. we, we got it. and she, it's, it's you know, I knew she was going to do it. I knew she exec- She was fully executing, I mean, this woman was on a mission, Yeah, and, uh, you know, she, this was back when there was only one pro card for fitness. One. That was it. That's all that Canada was given out a year. Yeah, and she, uh, I saw, I just, I was in awe. I literally was in awe, watched her attack this goal, and, and uh, I mean, she has no idea how much she taught me, uh, you know, about going after goal. And not only did she, she win the pro card. I mean, she won her class by one point. So when we're talking about every detail counts, yeah, she nailed every detail that day. She won her class by one point. Who. You know, now there was two people in that class that she beat. That two had turned pro. One has gone to the Olympia. Then at the overall, she won the over by one point. And that girl, that woman that she beat, has been top through the Olympia. Like she is just freaking machine, and she's a she's a freak. <laughs> in all <laughs> the this queen good queen senses freak? of the word. <laughs> so there's no doubt she's at the top of the list. My parents definitely a next. Uh yeah. You know. Uh, my dad was always like, don't never wait till tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. That was a saying he always had. And
2: mm-hmm. that's something
1: I've always kind of lived. Is like, don't don't think, just do. And, I, you know, that's just something that I will always, uh, that's why I get shit done. It's because yeah. I don't fucking wait. I just get it done. And then the other, you know, my mom too, you know, I'd come home with a B plus. She asked, how come I didn't get an A? If I come home with an A, how come you didn't get an A plus? And, you know, some yeah. people kind of say like, man, that's. That's pretty pretty.
0: Uh, my mom was the same way, <laughs> right?
1: It must be the Ukrainian, I guess. But but uh, but what that taught me was that no matter how good you 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 do, there's always more that you can achieve. Yes, and absolutely. you know, definitely that instilled those 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 uh, that thought process in me, and that's what we you know instilled in our clients. Um, my first prep coach, Mark Sylvester, uh, based out of Quebec. He, you know, he was uh, taking part with Christina turning pro. Um, and then, as well for me, um, and he's the one that actually encouraged me to to start coaching. Um, he he said I had the right personality. That obviously I loved bodybuilding, and you know, hearing him talk about how great you know what he did day to day, it was just he, he's the one that really kind of pushed me to to just fucking go for it. Yeah. Um, and then more recently, uh, Scott Welch from Muscle Insider Magazine, um, probably. The smartest um, man in the fitness industry, um, and I will I will argue that any day. Um, the, mm-hmm. what the man knows about the industry for marketing, for trends. Um, I, just his his vast knowledge in every element of the industry is is, is unmatched. And I have the um, the great opportunity to actually be able to talk to him on a regular basis. You know, I write for a his magazine, and so we get to exchange a lot of ideas and and uh, there's many times I'll just call him, and I'll say hello, and goodbye, (laughs) Uh, and it'll be a two-hour phone call, because he just will just, uh, you know, share just a ton of information, he'll bounce ideas off me, I mean, just uh, this past weekend, I mean, the guy's got all this stuff going on, getting ready for the Toronto Pro Show, and his booth, and photo shoots, and meetings, and everything else, and he calls me up, and while we're uh, checking into the hotel, and we talked for an hour. Well, I should say he talked for an hour. <laughs> I just listened, but he talked to me about his, uh, you know, his time with Jay Cutler and, you know, bounced off, you know, things that Jay had told him and, you know, what I thought about them, and, and just, you know, that's that's how you become better, right? You yeah. get to hear insight from different people, and he he's willing to share that with me, and, you know, he gives me advice, and uh, it just, the man is just a wealth of information and just... Uh, the more you give him, the more he gives you, gives you back. So it's just he's an awesome, awesome guy. Yeah. Um, I, and then another, uh, yeah. And then another person that I got to give credit to is Bejo Sculian. You know who he is as well. Of course. Uh, of definitely, <laughs> definitely. uh Yeah. Good old B. Um, uh, we, we've been. I've known him now for, I guess, what a year and a half, two years, year and a half. I don't know. It's, it feels like a hell lot longer, anyways. But he uh, he's a business freaking uh, Yoda. Um, that guy has taught me so much in, in such a short period of time. Sometimes I, I wonder, like, uh, like if he's like from Back to the Future. You know, he's like uh, <laughs> Michael J. Fox character coming back Mighty. and saying, hey, "Guess what? This is what we do in the future." And then takes off and, you know, uh,
2: yeah.
1: if there's, uh, wow, I, I can't say enough about uh, good about him. So, and then uh, last but definitely not least, um, all of our clients from you being our first client to. You know, the ones that just started this week, uh, every person has played an impact and a role in what I am today. Um, every good experience, every bad experience, every, you know, even the ones that, that, that have, have left us. Um, you know, I, I learned from them and it's, it's formed, uh, you know, made me a better coach, made Freak Fitness a better business and, 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 and the Freak fam that we have. Oh, huh, I mean, what these guys do together is just amazing. The support they give each other is, is unmatched. I mean, I, I almost consider an unfair advantage uh, because when we have a client compete, they're, they're not alone. They have mm-hmm. so many people behind them, not just Christine and I, not just our, our team of coaches. They have the other freaks that are they're pushing them on. I mean, I remember a conversation I had with a client who competed uh, last fall who made a dramatic improvement over the year before uh, when she was not working with us. She just started with us after that show, and then we got the whole year. And uh, just, just the changes she made was so dramatic. And I said, you know, what, what was the difference? Like, what really, I mean, obviously we had a different uh, approach, but what was, the, yeah. what was the thing that really made a difference? She's like, I knew that in those tough moments uh, when I was questioning, why the hell am I, you know, doing this? She said, I couldn't let you or the freak family down
0: like amazing
1: what can I say to that yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah. that
1: yeah um yeah I'm just truly like I said truly blessed grateful for all the people around uh not just you know those four but the the whole freak family is just something that I've never seen before and it's just something special so
0: yeah no definitely I mean from myself too and on behalf of the freak uh family too it's quite an honor to to be a part of to be a part of that and to be recognized too for that and I mean like I said it's it's definitely something special to be in the freak family. Yep. So it's it's something that you got to experience. I got to say that much, but yep. for sure, especially as as your first client too, and watching it all yeah. grow, you know, it's, uh, it's it's a pretty amazing thing.
1: Oh, well, it's been an honor all thirteen years. All of them.
0: <laughs> yep. Oh, jeez. Wait, let's not throw any dates out there. I'm <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Gotcha. Um, and you know, and just from that too, you know, what, what do you feel makes freak fitness so different than anyone else? You know, how are you able to get the results and the consistent results from so many people and so many different people?
1: Well, it, it definitely. I was actually asked this question this past weekend, a similar similar question and yeah. I, now I I was able to you know when you when you when you you have a conversation with someone and after you yeah. you uh think like fuck I wish I would have said that. I'm so I'm, I'm so happy you asked this question. <laughs>
2: Perfect. it comes
1: down to this. It's not about uh just a diet and training program for us. That that's that's not what it is at all. It's it's so much more than that. Um, you know, Uh, We go above and beyond for our clients. Um, It's not just helping them prepare for competitions. We've helped clients get jobs. We've helped clients get sponsorships. We've helped clients get exposure in magazines. We've helped, uh, hell, we've even helped mend relationships. Uh, We've helped, uh, you know, we do (laughs) everything we possibly can to help help our clients uh, succeed. Because, you know, something as, I don't know, Whatever, the, the smallest detail, you know, might not have anything to do with nutrition or training. And, you know, my, you know, business coaches will say, why are you doing that beyond the scope of what you're being paid to do? But really I consider it is this because every element, because competing is such a 24-hour uh, endeavor, that means anything in the day can have an impact. So if you're having more stress because of work, you're having more stress because of uh, relationship, whatever, like if there's something that I can do to help, We'll do it. Yeah. So, um, and um, what else? Mm. I mean, I guess we learned too that there's no there's no perfect program. Um, it's it's listening to the client. It's it's uh, it's it's watching their body respond. You Can't be set on one method. Um, being open to finding what works best for the individual. So, yeah. I mean, there's definitely. You know, things within a certain, um, you know, certain lane that you got to stay in. But, but within that, you just got to find what, listen to the, listen to the client and find what works best and, and just push them. Um, but I think it's also too, it's not just about, um, you know, the coach and client. It's like we had just touched on about the free family. Like there's just so much power there, um, with that community that we have, that, like I said, I almost call it like an unfair advantage because yeah. we there's just so much resource, there's so much support, there's so much community that, uh, in my mind, success is inevitable. Uh, many people, many clients have heard me say that it's not a matter of you know if you're going to be successful, it's just a matter of when. If you truly want to achieve your goal, you're going to pursue it till till you to achieve it, and it, that's. That's the commitment and dedication we give to our clients. And when you give that commis- um, you know, commitment and dedication to, to a person, you actually elevate that relationship to say, that's the, that's the expectation I have for, for this relationship. Yeah. They're going to give that back to you. So, I mean, like I said, we have clients we've never met before, but they are fucking killing themselves for us. Why? Because they know we're doing the same for them. Yeah. And I think that's really what, what really helps helps us kind of stand out. This is not about a transaction we develop relationships. Like you and I, we, you know, we've become great friends. We've been together for, uh, like I said, a long time. <laughs> a long and, time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, you know, look at, didn't matter where you lived, didn't matter yeah. where you were, what you were doing, we were still, we were still connected and we were still doing everything we possibly could for each other. So. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think there's so many people that can say that, you know, they do that. So.
0: Yeah. No, I don't, I, you know, and it's all what I, I was told this too by one of my early mentors, as well, you know. and it, All it takes is for one person to believe in you.
2: Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely.
0: I gotta say, when it's Darren Mailing that fucking believes in you,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you yep. have got not only a fire, you got the whole damn forest lit underneath your ass. And you know, it, well, everybody's can, a freak,
1: Mindy. You know that yeah. everyone's got. A, everyone's a superhero. You know, it's yeah. just a matter of. Uh, it's like some days I almost pretend I'm like uh, you know Pro- Professor Xavier and his his academy for, for mutants, right? It, it yep. it's, you know, because every person, every, 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 every kid in that, in that academy knows they are a superhero, know that there's a mutant, know they have a special power.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: reason they're there is to learn how to use it, find out what they're capable of doing. And then, and then unleashing it on, 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 you know, you know in the world in the best way possible. Cause everyone's got something they're amazing at. And yeah. we use competing to kind of ignite that curiosity. And it may be competing, it may be something else. But if competing helped, or, you know, bodybuilding helped you find that, then it's a win. i don't give a shit if you want a show or not. Then, yeah. you know, we've accomplished our goal.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an incredible analogy. I love it, Xavier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, well, I, I have no hair, so it kind of fits.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah got to love the comic books. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, well, there we go. Speaking of comic books, and of course, Being starting off, starting them off young, you know, what would you tell 20 year old Darren (laughs) Mailing?
1: Oh, God, it'd be say, get a coffee, get comfortable. No, um, (laughs) really, what it comes down to is this less thinking, more doing. Mm. Uh, Definitely beginning for me, it was, um, I, I guess I could say it was a fear of failure. I don't know if it was necessarily a lack of confidence, but it was just. You know, definitely the start. The start was a little bit slow, but once uh, once it got moving, and even and now fast forward today, I just get shit done. You know, the way I look at it is, I is rather just go for it, and if it doesn't work, find out what's not working, change it, and then just keep pushing forward. Yeah. Because as long as you're going forward, doesn't matter what speed you're going, you're still going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and hard work always pays off. That payoff may not be immediately in front of your face, but if you truly believe in what you're doing and you're pursuing with a, every you know every bit of your soul, it's going to pay off. It will. Yeah. And you know, some people it takes two months, some people two years, some takes it takes twenty years. Um, I can't say you know exactly what day I achieved, um, you know, what I wanted to, but I'm pretty fucking happy right now and I think because of excuse me because I'm not focusing on um, uh, what I'm saying because I'm not trying to focus on just achieving one specific thing I'm just trying to do as much as I possibly can to make a, as big an impact as possible I'm not limiting myself anymore so hard work to me is just just something I love to do
0: yeah Right. all about execution
1: yes execution execute Just just mm-hmm. fucking do it
0: yeah <laughs> Just fucking do it. Get shit yeah. done.
1: Quit your wanna. Just fucking do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it's that attitude. It's, you know, those qualities too. And, but I mean, your wife though, Christina, queen mm-hmm. freak herself, you know, and like we said earlier, you know, she's been by your side since day one. And I know yep. you've, you've got your kick-ass qualities, but I mean, everyone's got to balance them out what qualities yes. does she have that you don't that you fr- feel bring balance to the freak household
1: well i always like the kind of simple way of putting it this way is i'm the color she's the black and white i'm ah. you know i'm the one that'll like my brain is constantly turning um i think yeah. even when i'm sleeping i'm thinking about different shit to to you know how to make make something better or whatever like that and Hey, I'll tell you right now, um, uh, you know, like Michael Jordan says, you'll, you'll miss every shot you don't take. So I'm always thinking of like just – and there's some days where I'll just, you know, hit hit mute on the TV or, or stop what I'm doing because I thought of something. I'll run over to Christina because her office is just uh, in the other room. And yeah. I'll say, you know, I was thinking of something. What if we did this? And then she'll, you know, she'll kind of think about it for a second and then she'll either give it the eyebrow, no, I don't think it's going to work, or you know, write that down and let's discuss this further. And yeah. uh, she's definitely the one that makes you know, I'll, I'll set up the you know the the foundation, if you will, and she'll fill in the pieces to make sure it makes sense. Yeah, so she's very analytical. Or I'm more, you know, she's the bridge. I'm the balloons and rainbow. I don't know. How that's <laughs> really good. Put it. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, she makes things sense because I'll have yeah. the ideas and then she'll be the one that kind of make it practical to apply.
0: Yeah, keeps it grounded. The, keeps it grounded and you know, yeah, what's achievable and yeah. No, that's uh, well, I can I can relate to that too a bit. I, I feel that sometimes I'm a bit of the uh, balloons and rainbows, and Sean's more of the. Uh, Wait, just just simmer down here. I'll hang on. Well,
1: Mindy, we have pretty much the same birthday. Yeah, and uh, you know, we're we're pretty much the same way that way. So
0: yeah, and uh, we we definitely need uh we definitely need that in our life. So that's man. That well, there, there's some that. days
1: where I will think myself. Not want to say crazy, but it's just to the point where Christina will just say, you know what? Just write that shit down. Whatever you're trying to tell me. Um, you know and we'll we'll just like it's just she helps me organize my thoughts because there're just some days where I will literally keep myself up at night because I'm thinking about something yeah because I haven't been able to solve it yet
0: i um, should try that i should try writing down my thoughts instead well, there, i'm telling that you right over now the sun. <laughs> yeah
1: there's there's no doubt that is that is crucial to your mental sanity if if you're like like me um because when you write it down you've kind of created a a sense of closure by just writing it down yeah and then just, yeah, I can't read half my writing anyways, but at least I've written it down, right? <laughs> yep. And uh, it, it definitely helps uh, you to kind of put it to bed so you can go to bed.
0: Mm. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good take. So And so you remember it the next day. Yeah, and so you remember it the next day. Because, yeah, you know, I have it in my head and sometimes I just can't even put it into words what I'm... Uh,
2: Right, exactly. I'm trying exactly. to say,
0: and it'll come out kind of in mixed sentences. It sounds like I'm speaking in tongues, and Sean's like, what? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I know, like, for me, when I write a column and stuff, it's it before, and this goes back to what I would tell the 20-year-old Darren is, I would sit there and look at the blank screen and have all these ideas and what to say in my mind, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't start typing because I'd be afraid that, okay, well, but it has to st- how do I start it? Now I just yeah. start typing. I just yeah. get the words on there and get the sentences on there, and then I'll figure out how it fits together later. And that has saved me uh, so much time, but also has helped me create some pretty awesome columns and, 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 and uh, presentations and stuff like that. So it's been, it, it, yeah, definitely will help you. You should definitely give that a try.
0: Definitely. Well, I already started doing that with the book that I'm writing, but I think for just for my Good. everyday thoughts and ideas, that's going to yeah. be a game changer for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, but... You know, as much as you say, like with your writing, you got to write stuff down, but your speaking engagement and your ability to connect with the audiences, you've been really getting your chops polished here lately. You actually <laughs> spoke at the SBS in March, San Diego, which, you know, I had the honor of attending, be um, hooked it up for, for you and to, to speak over at the event in front of. You know, you know there was like thousands, thousands of people over there, and then you just yep. got back from Toronto at the yep. Strong Pro Summit, yep, having another speaking engagement there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what's next?
1: Good question. Well, um, yeah, I never thought I would enjoy speaking as much as I I, I am right now. I know uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that because when I would you know decided to retire from competing, um just because we were coaching so many people, I'd rather focus my time on other people's goals than than my own competing. You know, I'd rather have yeah. 20 ways to win versus just one, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I, But the only regret I had with that was that I'm never going to get that rush of being on stage again because I'm telling you, um, that first time I competed, after I did my routine, I went off stage, I literally lost the ability to, like, even... I don't know, it was just so euphoric. And it's <laughs> something that I've always, you know... Um, wanted for everyone else. I guess that's part of the reason, you know, why I pursue uh, free fitness as much as I do because I think everyone deserves that that euphoric moment because that mm-hmm. changed everything for me. Um, I never thought I'd be able to get that again. And uh, FBS in March there. Now I've done I've done I've done talks for our clients at our free every year and stuff like that. But those are more casual, like campfire top uh, type uh, chats. Nothing more formal in front of a thousand people that you know I only knew a few people of it was it was quite intimidating but at the same time I was I was excited and uh you know being the first time there was a lot new and I mean when I first started talking I was more overwhelmed by the bright lights and cuz I had forgot that I mean hell yeah. the last time I had been on stage I was wearing a banana hammock so for me to be fully clothed <laughs> was new <laughs> but uh but just to have everyone's attention for that long period of time was just it was surreal and because I got to you know talk about Freak Fitness and our clients and, you know, where we are today and how we got there, it was uh, it was awesome. Then after we were done, I, you know, I was, uh, like, mobbed by people for signatures and pictures and, you know, autographs, I guess, and, and yeah. questions. It was just, uh, I don't know. And then when I left, you know, when we left the area um, and went back to the town, I, I just paced. I, I didn't even know what to even think. I was just on such a high. Um, but I knew that I was hooked. I knew that I was addicted. I knew I wanted to do it again. So then, when I was asked to do the uh, the summit in Toronto uh, this past weekend, and uh, it was a longer it was a longer talk, so again uh, pushing my pushing my limits to testing myself. But here's the thing: it was a longer it was it was like three times as long, but it felt like five minutes. I don't know what came over me. I don't know if, huh. if I just found my groove, but yeah, um, like. I just, like, Christina is very hard to impress. She's got very high standards for everything, in, 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 you know, that she's exposed to and she's part of. And, uh, you know, after we were done, after how how I did, she said it was just absolutely, like, there was nothing she would have changed, nothing she would have, like, I, I knew I, it, it, things felt good, but, yeah. uh, man, I was fucking fired up. It was awesome. So now I got this uh, post-competition survival course coming up June 11th here in Winnipeg. And then I've been asked to do a um a seminar it's going to be in Toronto. I'm not sure the exact date yet they haven't told me yet, but it's going to be another I can't really say what it is because it hasn't been announced yet but
2: okay it's going to be
1: it's going to be a training seminar and i'm I'm very pumped uh to do that as well and uh yeah, that's all I know so far i'm I'm definitely open to do more speaking i i know i'm going to look at every opportunity I possibly can because it's it has me has me amped up because it's going to be on stage again. But it's more so I get to help more people. I get to make a bigger impact again, right?
0: Yeah, it's um, just another way to just, I, you know, provide value. Def- and-
1: oh, absolutely. I mean, definitely people got to, uh, in Toronto, uh, learned how much I dislike Bosu balls. Um,
2: <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, it,
1: yeah, it became a theme, but uh, no, it was, it was awesome. Uh, you know, the, the, I spoke about coming from the bodybuilding coaching world and how to apply principles that I use to coach our, our competitor clients to uh, general population clients to make transformations and it uh, it was very well received so yeah love it. Um, definitely happy I'm doing it now and I want to do more so thanks. Mm-hmm.
0: I well, know. Well you heard it you all heard it here first on becoming unfuckable unthought <laughs> Darren's gonna yep. be speaking again here soon so right on. you get the opportunity to uh, catch him live and doing his thing. You don't want to be missing out on that at all. And you know, we're going to wrap things up here with yep. our question from hey. Facebook. We oh. had a lot of people submit questions for you, Darren. Um, yep. I think you might have seen some of them.
1: I believe so, yep.
0: Yeah. I've gone, uh, gone ahead and picked one here. Okay. And that's going to be, what was your biggest aha moment in your career as a coach? Holy crap.
1: Biggest aha moment. I know who asked this question, too. Ugh. (laughs) Um, um, Wow, biggest aha moment. I think it was backstage. Uh, Yeah, this is exactly what it was. It was after my, like I just mentioned earlier, um, after I did my routine in my my first competition, my first show, um, that feeling of being on stage, that feeling after I lost 120 pounds, and and doing something I never thought I would ever be good enough to do. Um, going backstage and just having it feel of euphoria and just I don't know even I don't know how to put words to it. I, just euphoria is the only thing that comes to my mind. But that sense of accomplishment, that sense of empowerment, that sense of confidence I got from doing something that I never thought possible I could do. I, I realized that this is, everyone deserves to feel that. Everyone deserves to, to, it doesn't necessarily have to be competing. If the competing gets you to uh, a new place that helps you, you know, feel that the sense of commerce in some other area, that's fine. But that's the, this is the lane that I know, anyways. And, but once I, once I had that moment, like, you know what? I got to help as many people as possible to experience that at least once. Because if you haven't experienced that, you haven't lived. I mean, I, I wish people would, would just stop being scared and stop being uh, afraid of trying and just fucking do. Because mm-hmm. if you don't try, regret is probably the worst thing that you can ever experience. I know I watched, uh, I don't know if it was a YouTube video or, I don't know, all I know is about a story that they interviewed a, uh, like a bunch of people that were in palliative care on their deathbeds and they all asked, you know, if there's one thing they could, you know, tell anyone out there what, you know, any advice, uh, knowing that their end is coming near. And they all said that the biggest thing that that they feel right now is regret for the stuff that they didn't do. So
2: hmm.
1: after that I experienced that, learning that like that's what has fueled my fire for, for where I am now. It's again it's not just about a diet and training program. It's about trying to help people get that that feeling of Achieving something or, or finding that thing that they they can they can do, um, that's their true passion. That's their purpose, and uh, because I found it, and I want to help as many people find it as well.
0: Mm. Love it. Well, there you go. That question was from Natalie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yup. There you go, Nat. <laughs>
1: well, with Natalie, uh, she was one of those that told me when I first met her, she knew exactly what I was doing because that's how I was introduced to her. Yeah. She was a fellow Lotteries employee. She's still there now, and um, I kind of said, "Hey, uh, you know, what do you what are your goals?" And she, even before I could even ask the question, she's like, "Just to let you know, there's no fucking way you're ever gonna get me on that stage." And in 2000, and, oh, I hope I get this right. 2014, I believe, um, she started back to work after a year of mat leaf on the Tuesday, and she turned pro on the Saturday. So.
0: Uh, Something she amazing. never thought she could do, she did. Yeah. Oh, love it. Good Absolutely time. love it. Good stuff. That's
1: my juice. That's my yep. juice. Yeah,
0: that is your juice. And this is why we all know you as the freak maker,
1: <laughs>
0: Darren Mailing. Thank you, Darren, so much for yes, coming you, on Mindy. to the show today. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, as far as your social media, people can find you on Instagram.
1: Yep, that's Freakmaker1, Freakmaker1, one, Freakmaker one, and uh, Facebook, I believe it's my name, Darren Milley.
0: Yep, so they can find you on there, and of course we'll have all yep. the information on there as well for people to uh, get in contact with you. But other than that, I'm going to wrap this up, and again, thank you very much for coming on the and show thank you, Mindy. thank you, Mindy. Thank you. Right
3: on. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Becoming Unfuckwithable. And if you'd like to find Darren on social media on Instagram, he is freakmaker one and on Twitter freakmaker one and on Facebook, Darren mailing. And if you'd like to give us a follow, find us on Instagram at becoming unfuckwithable and on Twitter, be unfuckwithable. Send us a tweet or drop us a DM and let us know what you thought. If you're listening to us in the car, or at the gym. I appreciate you guys tuning in and making me a part of your routine.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. If you believe you're unfuckwithable, go ahead and share
2: this podcast.